thanks for stopping by Liberty Sessions, where we unpack one woman's entrepreneurial journey to help another woman launch her own. I'm your host, Netta Jones. Please join me as we start liberating dreams one episode at a time. Well, hello, Liberty listeners. Today we get a treat. We get to listen to and hear from an expert in the financial industry, Brittany Castro. I'm excited for Brittany to share her wisdom, her experience, her know-how, and to kind of help us lighten the financial burden, whether it's knowledge, unpacking some of the things that we're afraid to unpack, and helping us kind of advance our our businesses, our goals around financial uh, literacy and um, kind of putting things into practice. So Brittany, it's nice to have you. It's fun. I've known you for a while. It's fun to actually be having this conversation on the podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Financially Wise Women and this empire that you've created? Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure and honor to be here. So Financially Wise Women was started four and a half years ago. I've been in the industry now going on 12 years. And I know it's crazy, right? Wait a minute. You don't look like that's possible. <laughs> you guys will see in the picture. She doesn't. So she started when she was 12. I did. Okay. I yeah. started when I was young. You know, it's so funny. When I was 22 is when I started right af- mm-hmm. after college. And I uh, took a job at a financial planning company. And at that time, being 22 and a woman, I tried so hard to look older and act older. And you should have seen me. I would put my hair in this bun that was so tight (laughs) and wear all black and be super serious. And like for four years, I wanted people to think I was older because I looked so young and I was asking people to trust me with their financial Mm -hmm. goals and you know, deepest desires and concerns. And now it's hilarious because, you know, like hitting 12 years and people still think I look as young as I did. Trust me, (laughs) you're going to be thankful very soon. You don't need to do anything. Can't win either way. No, No, you don't need to do anything. Yeah, so, um, okay, so my story is I started at a financial planning firm after college. I was there for five years. It was more corporate in the sense that, you know, structure and training and, production goals and I was quote unquote successful there um, but I wasn't happy and I've realized you know around 2008 2009 when that great recession hit that I was way too young to be this stressed out and unhappy and basically the the life that I had been pursuing didn't feel authentic or like the life I truly wanted. It was almost like I was living like as I should, you know, following the steps, get the job, get this, be successful. And it still wasn't leading me to that in- inner happiness. So I looked at my options and I found an independent firm in West LA and there was more freedom there for me. And that's what I was looking for. I was way too entrepreneur minded to be in this like corporate box, if you will. So I started there, got my CFP designation. Um, and Which for those who don't know that, that's a really big deal. That's a 
difficult test. It's a lot of studying. It's mm-hmm. like getting a condensed MBA. It's yeah, a big deal. and it was great. I mean, I do have to do my humble brag. I was 26 years old when I got that. And I think I was probably like one of the youngest people yeah. ever. Like to, I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, not too many people under 30 get it. Um, and at that time, it was 2010. So a lot of blogs and social media and online marketing was becoming very popular. And I would see women specifically with fashion and beauty blogs really build a brand for themselves. And Mm -hmm. so I started to study online marketing and branding. And I wanted to use my own personal experience of being a woman in finance um, to build a brand around women and money. And I saw it as a huge opportunity And also it was kind of selfish reasons. I just really wanted to work with more women like me who were out there doing great things, careers, successful, but still didn't find that partner to help them with the finances. So after about two and a half years of building and getting enough, I guess, experience under my belt in this independent world, I said, all right, now's the time. I got to take the next leap and start my own firm. So it's been four and a half years that I've had financially wise women. And now it's really exciting to see where it's evolved to. I Mm. mean, we are a financial planning firm, but I have online products. I do a lot of speaking and brand partnerships. And it's, it's what I set out to create. I wanted it to be more than just a financial planning firm. I wanted to leverage my natural skills of speaking and being like, a spokesperson and advocate for women and money. And, you know, I think it's just the world we live in where there's brand partnership opportunities. And um, you. so we're at a really exciting time right now. And it's great to be able to do work I love and have all those things that I was yeah. looking for in the way beginning. And I'm going to, I'm going to pick a little bit more on the brand partner thing because yeah. you're doing that quite well. So hang on to that, Brittany. Yes. Um, so you talk about, really wanting to build something for women like you. Mm-hmm. Was that because you were just compelled to work with other cool women like you? Or was it because you saw some sort of gap in the market that you wanted to fill? It was both. Okay. Honestly, with the first five years of my career in finance, I would go into client meetings. And at that time, I was working with a lot of retired and pre-retired clients. And Almost 100% of the time, we would have a solid meeting, like we as in the couple and me, or I actually had a business partner at the time for a little bit, with the the clients. And at the end, the woman would stop and basically talk to me just about life and family and goals. Mm. And she, it was almost as if she was asking me, like, Brittany, am I going to be okay? Like, I don't really understand all the money stuff, but is this going to get me the life I want? And I just started to pick up on this trend that a lot of women just wanted somebody to tell them in a way that empowered them and made sense to them. And it wasn't just your standard deviation of the portfolio is going to yield an average of 7.2% over 20 years. You know, like all this financial jargon wasn't resonating. And I understood it from a personal experience too, because even though I'm in finance, like that stuff doesn't rock my world. Like I understand it. I know why it's important. But when you ask me about money and my goals, it's more about what is the money going to do for me in terms of the life I live. And so I started to see that there is a huge opportunity and I wanted just to, and I, then I started to talk to tons of women and ask them about their experiences. And I would hear 
it was almost shocking, but yeah. I would hear time and time again, even today, I mean, like I'm telling you, it still happens all the time. Women feeling talked down to, feeling stupid, sure. feeling afraid to ask the questions, feeling like they did something wrong, you know, and I just, I just saw there's not enough women in the finance world. And if I could help bridge that gap and just offer a, a place for women. And even if they don't work with me, just show them that, hey, there are people like me out there, whether it's a man or a woman advisor, there, find somebody that's going to make you feel solid about your financial life and work with you in a way that and make feels you feel good. safe. If, if you, you can't safe. ask those questions, then you've eliminated one of the main goals of the financial planner, which is to exactly. make you feel safe. Yeah. And I, one of the things I think is so great about their ability to feel safe with you is then it's also a window to make them more financially literate mm -hmm. because they're asking you questions that are coming at it from a, am I okay? Is my future intact? Mm -hmm. Do I need to be making different decisions? And as you respond to them, you're responding to them in a way that it makes them feel comfortable about the future, but then you can infuse it with a little bit of that standard deviation conversation. Mm -hmm. Here, let me tell you what this means. Mm -hmm. Let me break it down for you in a way that will comfort you. Mm -hmm. Or let me tell you, um, because you're a totally capable, smart woman, let me give it to you straight, mm -hmm. but with an explanation, because perhaps it is the first time you've heard. Mm -hmm. And it's less about a woman's capacity or capability to understand all of that and more about it's just the first time maybe she's heard mm -hmm. it. Right? Exactly. And men have the same questions. They just aren't willing and to it, ask. Yeah, they, I, you know. Yeah, and I say, look, you know, men are wonderful. I love men too, but I think we just men and women think differently and especially with finances there's just a different way of explaining that might resonate more with a woman you know than not mm -hmm. and i i always come at it from my own personal experience when i hire somebody what do i want in that person the last thing i want is to feel more stupid more like guilty or ashamed because i didn't do it or i didn't you know like i think we're already hard on ourselves so why add that extra layer of like this is how it is and why didn't you do it and are women come coming to you give me kind of an age range like do they come to you or are you pursuing a demographic that's just getting started in this last scenario you just painted for us i pictured an older woman who's mm -hmm. wanting to know if she's going to be safe mm -hmm. in the in the very short future mm -hmm. what is what is your kind of focus that in terms of client or your target client yeah so right now financially wise women for our financial planning services i would say the woman is actually it's women and couples but they're usually in their 40s to 50s like you know sometimes a little bit early you know thir late 30s but i will tell you 99 percent of our clients first time ever working with a financial planner so they've known oh, wow. they needed to do something they have accounts it's not like they don't have stuff they have insurance policies or you know ira or 401k accounts but they've never had a financial planner really help them put it all together um, or they don't really even have a clear budget. So they're making money, but they're still not sure how this money is helping them. And so they come to us for more clarity, more, I, I guess, like a solid game plan, more refinement to get them to that next level. You mentioned it earlier. Mm -hmm. Like, how do they get to the next level? So they have things in place and they're like, all right, now how do I like 
get it to more wealth, more income, more assets, so I can have that freedom and security that I'm looking for with money. And my guess is once you start to give them the language, they they start mm-hmm. to really incorporate that into their life. Oh, if Brittany said we should do X, Y, Z for this, imagine if we took it to then, you know, whatever that next level is, or mm-hmm. imagine if we saved a little more or whatever it is that the, mm-hmm. the goal is that you laid out for them. All of a sudden you've given them the tools to think about how to leverage their money in a new way. It's so true. And it trickles into the other areas of their life. Um, oh, I bet. Yeah. I mean, even today, I love my client. She was, uh, we had a meeting and she recently got divorced and she was saying, oh, I was telling my girlfriend about you. And I said, you need a Britney in your life. You know, everybody needs a Britney in your life because she was saying it as, um, from a place of the empowerment and confidence Mm -hmm. she now has Mm -hmm. because of our work together. Like she is like night and day. um, Well, just feeling like she's in control of her Mm -hmm. life and in control of her future. Mm -hmm. What a gift to be able to give people. Mm. Thanks. Do you feel like it's such a gift for me too? Yeah. And you know, it's kind of like that give to receive thing. Sure. Mm -hmm. Sure. That's awesome. Well, one of the reasons that um, besides your awesome expertise that uh, I wanted to interview you was, You've done something interesting in the entrepreneurial space in that your trajectory was somewhat traditional, Mm -hmm. and then you parlayed that into something more entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. And in in your opening sort of, what do you do, Brittany, you shared that you wanted to be more entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. Was that something that was a result of being unhappy in a more traditional role? Or was that, I want to do this. I want to control the way my message gets out or the customers that I deal with. What was it about the existing condition or the traditional trajectory that made you say, I really want to take this in a more down a more entrepreneurial path? Yeah, I think it's probably the latter. Like there was something in me that knew I wanted to create more than what I saw available to me in that traditional platform. And I think it was that desire and knowing in me that actually made it hard for me to be happy in that platform because it was like I was limiting myself um, with those corporate, you know, it's just corporate restrictions. So, um, but I will tell you, I didn't, even know what an entrepreneur was. I was going to ask you if you'd have that model. No, I didn't know what an entrepreneur was, you know, when I first started. I I knew I wanted to... to spell French word. I don't know. Too many E's in use. I will tell you, when I was young, I always wanted my own business. I thought I'd have a restaurant or something, like an event planning business, because I love people and I love this idea of social interaction. But, like, my family is pretty... Like my dad was a police officer, my mom stay at home mom. Yeah. You know, my my grandfather did have a entrepreneurial side to him at the when he retired, he owned a, a store. But I think this word entrepreneur has become very sexy over the past sure. like five seven years. I mean, when I first started um, in the industry, I just thought you become a business owner. I didn't know what an entrepreneur was, yeah. but through I guess this evolution of where we're at in the economy you know you really see oh my god there's so much opportunity to pursue your passions or your dreams and create a business or create money from it and uh and i think now i can resonate way more with being an entrepreneur and to me all it means is i just like this activity of creation and not 
going with like what's been done before, but like what do I want to create and how is that going to make a difference in people's lives and how do I make money from it? Because at the end of the day, I'm still running a business and I want to have my business support my goals just like I want other people to reach their goals. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think what you said earlier about seeing that gap in the market and figuring out a way, a creative way to uh, bridge the gap. Mm -hmm. And it was, I I know how to speak to these women and Mm -hmm. I've seen... Um, the issues that arise or the discomfort that arises in them when they don't have a friendly face or somebody who can um, speak to their pain points. I know, Mm -hmm. I know how to address those Mm -hmm. things. So I I appreciate that. I appreciate the sort of creative approach um, to, to filling that, that gap. Um, So you have, and you talked about it in the beginning some of your partners that you're working with and you've leveraged those as they have leveraged you and your expertise, but you've leveraged those to really grow your audience Mm -hmm. and get people connected to you and who you are and what Mm -hmm. you're capable of, how how you're capable of helping them. Mm -hmm. Talk to us a little bit about those partnerships. Mm -hmm. Um, We will all know their names. Can you say their names? Are you free to? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So talk to us a little bit about those partnerships, how you engaged them, um, and the benefits that that um, have come of those relationships. Yeah, so a few years ago, I really started to notice this trend of brand partnerships with all the influencer marketing um, and this new wave of social media marketing. And so I thought, okay, there's an opportunity because I was actually consulting with financial firms and companies um, and leveraging my understanding of marketing and finance to help other firms do what I did for myself, but on Mm -hmm. a bigger level. And so I thought, oh, this is great. Like I can do this consulting work, but why don't I figure out how to translate that into like a brand partnership? So, I mean, you know, obviously like anything, you kind of put it out into the universe and then slowly (laughs) it gets delivered to you and you could just kind of pick until one lands. So uh, last year I started well, a few years ago, I started working with this company called NextGen Crowdfunding. So I would do on-demand on, uh, content for them, live streams, talking about equity crowdfunding and specifically entrepreneurship. And I think being a woman in the space, they really liked my own approach. And so I got a lot of uh, training in terms of media and speaking. And then um, Chase came to me last year and said, we want you to be a financial education ambassador and specifically to target Hispanic women. And um, that was a perfect partnership for me. And now it's kind of taken to a more general demographic. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was great. And I still work with them. And it's a great partnership because they really are about financial literacy. And that's huge for me. Like I had a lot of offers that weren't didn't feel authentic. And I said no, even though they were lucrative. Um, I just knew deep down I wouldn't, I, I wasn't in alignment. Like I wouldn't have integrity if I'm working with a brand I wouldn't naturally represent sure. or feel good about. So Chase um, is still happening. And that's exciting because we really we push a lot of content out in terms of um, written content or like I'll host events or speak at certain functions and just bring literacy, financial literacy to the people we're trying to target. Um, about six months ago, Entrepreneur developed the magazine. The magazine mm-hmm. developed, they started to develop their 
I guess, what we should like partner network. So mm-hmm. developing more online content and just their video platform. And so they reached out and said, we want you to be a partner. I said, great. So it, that's once um, equally as exciting for me, just because then I could bring in my entrepreneur journey into the mix and being a woman sure. entrepreneur, not only a financial expert, but also coming at it from the angle like, yeah, I started to and I had no idea what I was doing. Like, here are all the mistakes I've made. Here's how I can help you now. Um, Not only from just business, but finance part of it too. Um, So there's a lot of initiatives in the works that I feel like will help um, increase the credibility of financially wise women over the next year. And then recently, the CFP board, which is Certified Financial Mm -hmm. Planner, uh, they also, around the same time Entrepreneur did, said, we want you to be a spokesperson because you're a woman, you're young, you have your own firm. I mean, you're pretty rare. And we want to create this whole new initiative to help more women and minorities become certified financial planners. So, yeah, they picked three spokespeople for this campaign. And we did this whole it was so fun. We went to DC a few months ago and it was like a legit like roll out this marketing initiative. I don't know. I feel like anything you do in DC feels so much more like <laughs> like impactful because you're like with yeah. all the politicians yeah. and you know, it's the CFP boards. So they come at it with such a scholarly a professional level. Um, so that's exciting. And I think there's going to be a ton more opportunity for me with them in months to come. So I want to make sure that our listener really understands what brand, kind of doing, developing those brand relationships mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is I also want to make sure that they understand for you, most of what you just mentioned is those brands coming to you. Mm -hmm. So I'd love for you to give us maybe some advice on how you could go to them. Yeah. So let's, um, let's tackle the first one. What, what is a brand partner? Mm -hmm. Like when you say influencer marketing and things like that, I understand because Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit in that game and as a consultant, I'm advising people in that way. But just give our audience a little background into what's the what what is a brand um, ambassador? What is a brand partner, and why do brands seek these out? And why would somebody mm-hmm. want to? I think it's they probably can figure out why. But let's go yeah. ahead and just answer that full question. Well, I'm a businesswoman, so basically, it's like this is a partnership. You pay me. This is a, a contract. You know, we have a specific term, specific. Uh, duties that I fulfill. And I think it's different for every company or a different brand, I guess. But for me, the way I define it is I'm the talent. They pay me to be talent, to create content um, that's going to be for the brand. And the why the brand wants that is because I have an influence. I'm an expert. I have credibility. And so it's this new wave of marketing, whereas instead of a brand spending all their marketing budget on a general commercial that yeah. like who cares or, or like or print ad yeah. let's go specifically to Netta Jones who has this tribe and community who respect her and love her and will listen to what she's saying pay you to create some sort of branded content and it's a win-win for everybody more customers or people know of the brand and you you know you do you and so everyone becomes hopefully happy if it's successful sure. so that to me is a brand partnership and we um we did a I think it was our last, I think it was our last podcast. So these will be in, in the order in which we received them <laughs> um, be, before our big events. But yeah. it was with a fashion designer and um, she mentioned 
that no longer do they pay for a PR firm to get them in print um, houses and even in celebrity sort of branded or marketed relationships. You guys, the light just came on in this room. So so I liked what you said. We've we've seen the light. So um, and that she's really shifted those dollars to influencer uh, marketing campaigns, things that are making a difference quickly yeah that was the other thing she said like look i'm in fashion and if i can get an influencer to wear this now i can move on to the next season quickly i don't have to wait for it to come out in print which is moving between three and six months ahead of time Mm -hmm. so i you know it's happening whether people are jumping on board or not it's happening so thank you for that explanation now for you it's lucrative Mm -hmm. um it further solidifies your expertise Mm -hmm. What are the other reasons in which you find the brand partnerships to be something that you would pursue, not just take the ones that are pursuing you, but maybe like identify some other brands that you would want to partner with? And just I want to address the other thing you said that I thought was so um, important, which is I couldn't work with some of those brands. It wasn't who I was. It's Mm -hmm. not authentic. I couldn't kind of with a straight face Mm -hmm. take that on. Because in the end, it will come back and bite you in the ass, right? You say yes, you take the check, mm. you cash it, you go to the Virgin Islands, whatever you're going to do. And then three months down the road, you're like, what did I just say yes to? And why am I affiliated with that brand or that company? So that was kind of a two question or a two pronged question. Yeah. So the first one's why would I go and ask yeah, for more? What are the benefits yeah. aside from the money? Um, for me, I think it's just more brand exposure, you know, getting more people in the financially wise women community. So when we continue to launch more products or services, people are already aware, you know, it's just more opportunity long term for customers. And I guess for me also, too, there's a non monetary uh, benefit, which is I enjoy it. Like Mm -hmm. I literally do. I don't think I would do like, I, I also think that's a big part about being an entrepreneur. Figure out what you really enjoy. Like just because someone else is doing a brand partnership or whatever, you know, right. Making a podcast or doing YouTube videos doesn't mean you need to like find what works for you. And maybe you have to do some testing to see if you like it or not. But for me, it fits like i have always done workshops and speaking since day one of Mm -hmm. my career. Like Mm -hmm. that's how I got clients. Like I would host lunch and learns and almost every day of the week have a lunch and learn and be talking to people about money because it's something I enjoy and I enjoy meeting people. Um, So I think that's a reason why I'm continuing to pursue these brand partnerships. And then the second part of the question was... the integrity piece. Oh, the integrity. Yeah, I think what you're saying is spot on. You know, I always look at it I want to build a company that's sustainable. And uh, for me, the integrity is huge. Mm -hmm. And I learned that in the beginning, actually, when I was at the first company. And that's one of the biggest reasons I left was I saw a lot of people who were successful and crushing it, but the integrity was not there. And it I couldn't like I literally couldn't do it like I could like people would win these prestigious awards to Mm -hmm. the Virgin Isle Islands and all inclusive paid trips because they would sell products to clients when the client shouldn't have been buying these products and I knew in the beginning, look, however long it takes me to get there, I don't really care because at the end of the day, I have to I'm gonna 
I want to sleep at night. Like I, I have to live with I myself. Wanna, yeah, sure. live with myself, and I think that's just who I am. Like I, and so even though sometimes in the moment it is hard to say no, I think it's like anything in life. Sometimes if it's too good to be true, it might be. So like, don't be so quick to yeah. say yes. Like really look at it. How's this going to affect you long term? Is this good for the business? Thirty years from now, is this going to be something you regret? Because if so, don't do it. Because every time I've also said no to those things, something bigger and better has come. And um, like Chase is a perfect example. You should have seen yeah. like there's a slew around this time, and I was like, oh, this is interesting. I guess I'm meant to do something with the Hispanic community because all of a sudden I started getting all these inquiries, and I was almost close to saying yes to one, and then I thought, no, it, it really is not a good fit for me, and then. Like a week later, the chase one came through. Wow. Mm-hmm. I've, yeah, I think we need to make room for those things, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. and I think when we are able to sort of identify what it is we want and what we don't want, we yeah. pursue those things, whether we know yeah. we're pursuing them or not. And I also love that now you get to say... I work with Chase, an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. that not only is it an integrity thing, but it's actually built your brand and it validates for those who don't know Brittany Castro Mm -hmm. or financially wise women. It's, it's an exclamation mark on whatever you're doing because they have, they had to vet you before they said, Hey, will you speak for our, our brand? Yeah. And so it, it opens a door beyond just people having access to you through a Chase Facebook, you know, live event. Mm -hmm. It's somebody who would say, I think I want to pursue her as my financial planner and look at these other people who vetted her. Mm -hmm. So it is a stamp of approval. Mm -hmm. I think that's an important part of working with brands and working Mm -hmm. with the right brands. So true. Um, So I know you have uh, something that you're working on and that you're going to be rebranding. And I'm really curious about this. I think a lot of people in our audience would love to hear about the money class, which I also love the name. It sounds very cool. I feel like I'll be smart if I do it. Yeah. Tell us about it. Yeah. Yeah, so it's great. So the reason why I created the money class was... Okay, in year one of the financial... Of Financially Wise Women, the first year all I had available was financial planning services so, which by the way was I think when I met you we yeah. met at a step up event yeah through Liz uh-huh. do you Liz remember Jenner Sanders. Yeah. so yeah. by the yeah. way Liz helped me a ton with my marketing and branding in 2010 like she's, she's a rock star she's awesome yeah. um shout out to Liz yeah well, Liz well, yeah. um okay so I created the money class because I realized, okay, online products is great. You know, you got to get a book. You got to have some sort of tangible thing people can buy if they're not ready to hire me for my financial planning services because my fees, you know, are sure. higher. So um, I created this product. It's an online evergreen course. It's six weeks. It's webinar based. It's really cool. I mean, like, been three years since we've had it a few hundred people have gone through it they love it they've like transformed their financial lives I mean like the stories just from this money class it's pretty incredible the what women tell me they've done I'm like whoa and (laughs) that's great you're inspiring me like one woman she paid off a hundred thousand dollars in debt like started a business improved her relationship her like her whole persona changed and she's so sweet like she'll constantly tell me it was because of the money class and, and it, like, it probably yeah, was I mean yeah. you it, I think you should embrace that yeah, like you actually you. gave her the mm-hmm. tools that mm-hmm. she needed to do what she had she always had the power always. and the ability 
but the know-how yeah. and the tools to do it is what you gave her. Yeah. And I also love that you have now these two platforms, you as a financial planner, mm-hmm. where people are paying you face-to-face, mm-hmm. and then this evergreen product mm-hmm. where not only are you making this residual income, right. but in addition, you've offered people who couldn't afford you yeah. the opportunity to access you, to access your mm-hmm. brain and mm-hmm. your expertise. So it's it's worked um, in both ways. Yeah. But keep telling us about the money class. Like, yeah, what? so it's great. I think it's the personal finance course you never received growing up. Mm-hmm. So everyone says, oh, I never got education growing up okay no one did okay so if you're already saying that like i'm sorry to burst your bubble but you gotta drop that concept because no one learns financial management skills not i mean maybe if you're lucky but most of us don't so at some point in your life you have to make the decision i want to learn and then you have to take the steps necessary to learn it for yourself so whether that's reading a book hiring a planner taking an online course this course is six weeks it teaches Um, money mindset, you know, building your cash, paying off your debts, budgeting, um, investments, retirement, tax strategies. So all the tangible nuts and bolts, but through it out, throughout it all, just like I do with my financial planning clients, I weave in a lot of holistic money principles because I'm a financial planner that not only comes from like the analytical side, but also okay, how do you enjoy your money? So I guess that's like the spiritual side Mm -hmm. of money too. Like money is an energy, enjoy it, use it, like learn to have a good relationship with it, get the, the systems and framework in place too. But a lot of times I see time and time again, I think we all know this, money doesn't bring happiness. Mm. But still, a lot of people think that's, like subconsciously that's, still in their brain that when I have this, then I will be happy. And most people, the number one thing they come to me for is financial security and success. They all want financial success. And I think there's this misconception that, okay, well, when you have the million dollars in your retirement account, then you're going to have financial security or financial success. But it's not. It's no. a re- I have clients with so much money and still they don't have that fulfillment or happiness and Um, So it doesn't matter how much money you have or don't have. You have to learn how to have a good relationship with money as much as you need to learn how to manage it and put the systems in place. So I think the money class brings in a lot of the... um, holistic principles and actually there's a, a section with guest experts and talking about Liz Liz is one of them oh, and we it. even talk about how you know branding um, whether you have your own company or work for a, a person that's part of your money success like brand yourself go get the money you deserve you know know that what you feel you're worthy of you will receive so you know do the work to make it happen so that has come up I think in in one of our first podcasts where I think it was uh, Rennie of Bliss and Tell who talked about really having to finally appreciate her value mm. and be able to ask clients mm-hmm. for, the, for the money that she wanted to ask for. And when she was able to do that, it transformed her business. Um, I love that story. And I think that's it's, for all of us. Right? All the time. And it's not an unusual story. No. When you finally believe... And I don't think it's believing your own hype. It's actually believing what you're, what you're worth and mm-hmm. what, you're, what, and what your you value is. And, and that means working hard to, mm-hmm. to, to um, 
to create that value. Right? Exactly. Which is, I think there's some things I'm seeing out there with um, people who are putting the entrepreneurial label on themselves and then uh, disappointed that they're not getting the zeros that they thought mm-hmm. they should get. And it's like, put in some time yeah, and it doesn't create happen overnight. that value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My question for you is really specifically around women. Mm-hmm. And have you seen... I, th- I think it's fair to say that we have seen a, a women value their worth, financial worth, differently than men do. Mm-hmm. What are the things that you've done, whether it's in the money class or in speaking with them one-on-one or even in just being an expert? Mm-hmm. Um, th- what are the things that you've said to them that have triggered a different understanding of their value or their worth? What are the things that you've given them that are tools to say, you you can have this financial success. You are worthy of this financial success, or you are worthy of charging X amount of dollars. Yeah. You talked about the piece with Liz and branding. Is there something that's triggered that in them or opened up that window or conversation? Yeah, I think this is a great question. I would say one, I mean, there's many answers to this question, but I would say one tangible thing that is like, something you can implement right now is get clear about how much money you need every month to live the life you want. And okay, so let me give you an example. Let's say you look at your monthly bills and it's at Los Angeles, it takes 5,000 just to pay your bills a month. And then you want to set aside money into your cash cushion or retirement account. So maybe that's another thousand dollars. And then you want a few thousand dollars just to spend on whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's just do an example. This is $8,000 every month that you need net income after you pay taxes. So when you're that clear on how much money you need to live a life you want, save for your goals, then it becomes easier to figure out, okay, how do I make that happen for myself? If I'm working for a job, how do I increase my skill set or go ask for a raise or look at the promotions available, you know, where I can move up to make that kind of income. Or if you're working for yourself, what type of business services do I need to provide or how many clients do I need to have customers? Do I need to, you know, sell to, to make $8,000 net income to me after all my business expenses are taken care of. And I will tell you, I think when you break it down in like a tangible <laughs> mathematical yeah. scenario, you look and you think, okay, great. Maybe I'm only bringing home 5,000 right now and my goal's eight. So maybe that's not going to happen tomorrow, but now I know. And this year I'm going to spend s- some solid time and energy figuring out how do I get there? Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's like anything in life. Once you know the goal and the target, it's so much easier to achieve. And I think just for women, all those like insecurities or roadblocks of I'm not worthy or do I deserve it? it, They start to not maybe not go away, but like they're not the like focus anymore because you're shifting your energy now towards, well, this is what I want. So let me see how do I get it versus... I'm not worthy. How can I ever ask for a $10,000 check? You know, all sure. those things because we don't even have clarity about how much money we need. So we're, and I see that too for just business decisions in general. A lot of times you don't necessarily need to be the million dollar business. You know, a lot of times million dollar businesses have 
$700,000 of expenses Absolutely. and then they're only netting, you know, a hundred grand and the, the owner is not even making that much money and you could easily run a $300,000 business with way more profits coming to you. So it's such a great like scale of what you want and need for your own life. Yeah. I, two things I want to say on that is it's a little bit like the difference between grocery shopping (laughs) with a grocery list and and then going in and just while you're hungry and filling up the cart, it's never a good idea. idea. And the second thing is I'm so glad that you said that I have often said entrepreneurship is on a continuum and you know, everyone looks at the sort of venture crowd and says, oh, they're in tech and they're raising $20 million. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the entrepreneur. And that's the person who's really going to make the big dollars. But if, if you look at, let's say a graphic designer who's charging $150 an hour, she's really, she's really at the top of her game and she's able to charge that and work with some, some great brands. And she's, you know, that's on top of the retainer that she's taking. Let's yeah. say she's going to net over $250,000 if she's consistently busy. Mm-hmm. Whereas the VC person who's raised all this money and it's all this money that's being poured into the company has to pay dividends back, investors back, whatever the situation is, they're not going to see that kind of money for a long time, perhaps not until they cash out. Mm-hmm. And so not to undervalue the opportunity to mm-hmm. get clarity on what it is you want to pursue because the the actual dollar amount could happen in the the small mm-hmm. micro business mm-hmm. opportunity or idea. So I want to transition us. Thank you for that, by the way. I think yeah. there's a lot of nuggets in there and I'm, I'm, I think I need to take the money class. We'll have to yes, check that out. That. So um, this is the part in the podcast where we really start to use your expertise and um, have you help guide those who are anywhere from ideation to startup to those first five years, like really give us kind Mm -hmm. of not only your experience, but your kind of financial expertise. So we want to hear a little bit more about kind of the importance of cash flow and the importance uh, just to keep the business going. And when you're starting out, how hard it is to create a financial plan, find the experts and pay the experts that you need to when cash flow Mm -hmm. is so tight Mm -hmm. and so necessary. You talked yourself about hiring Liz, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure Liz is worth every penny, Mm -hmm. but probably wasn't cheap early, Mm -hmm. early on. So you made an investment to let go of some cash flow and to invest in your, or you made a decision rather to invest in your company. Give us some advice on what we should be investing in financially for our entrepreneurial future and what we maybe need to like, nah, that's this, th- those first few years aren't really the time you want to spend those kinds of dollars or on that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, I would say, you know, I've had my fair share of learning lessons in this too, right? Like mm, you spend money have. and you're like, oh, great, that wasn't worth it. But also the lesson from it was worth it. So I, I tend to not like, like think of mistakes as mistakes. I always think, oh, I learned something. Sure. Um, in the first few years, though, I mean, this is a plug, but you need to hire a financial planner because I tell you, whether you're starting a business or not, I think people have this misconception that, oh, when I have a lot of money, then I'm going to hire a financial planner. But the reality is everybody needs one. And actually, when you don't have the money is when you probably need one more. But that is an investment. Like if like just the what we discussed right before, 
around clarity around numbers. Like if you knew that going in to year one and two of starting a business, yeah. I'm telling you, you would be so much more ahead of the game because a lot of businesses just start, have no idea. It's a great idea. They have n- not even thinking about money or finance, but if they had some sort of back-end knowledge, I think it would just help them streamline even more. So I think a financial planner is great. Obviously, a CPA is great. And then look at your business because every business is different. Do you need some sort of coach or branding expert? I mean, how are you going to learn the marketing? Because you can be an amazing XYZ. I could be the most amazing financial planner in the world, but if I don't have clients who the hell cares, right? So how are you going to get clients? And I think every business is different. Are you going to hire somebody who's going to do your marketing? Are you going to bring in a coach to help you with your own mindset around what you need to do to become that type of person? Um, And I spent, I spent money on training and workshops and professionals and I'm a big, and I still do. I don't. Doesn't end. yeah, Yeah. It doesn't end. And yeah, do I, want to pay the attorney all the money that I do to get my legal documents in place. No, I don't, you know, but I also know the importance of it because you said this earlier, like down the road, I don't want that mistake to bite me in the mm-hmm. butt. Like, cause mm-hmm. I didn't fork out a few thousand dollars to get that right. That yeah. Yeah. The butt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Booty. Sorry, mom. Um, Sorry, mom. <laughs> so I always think too, you know, spend the money up front, get it done and get it done right. And then it could save you lots of money in the future. Well, and then I feel like you can speak with integrity. You can go into a meeting or a situation and you know mm-hmm. what you're protected from mm-hmm. and against. You have the freedom to say this or that, advise this mm-hmm. or that, because you have done that. You have mm-hmm. invested in the company in that way. And I would also say going back to your start out with a financial planner in mm-hmm. those first one, you know, those first couple of years. Um, I would even go as far as saying you may realize that the business that you've put into place is not viable or you need to look at a different business model or you need to create a revenue source in addition to the thing that you created. I love that you said that. Right? Mm -hmm. So it can actually inform Mm -hmm. the business, Mm -hmm. not just how the business is making money or not making money or when it will start making money, but what the business actually is. Yeah. And that can all be born of meeting with a financial Mm -hmm. planner and really looking at, are you actually going, is this a hobby? (laughs) A. Are you actually able to make money? Maybe you have a great idea, but the wrong business model in place, or maybe you need multiple revenue streams. You did that for yourself by having money class. I have multiple. Yeah, Yeah. you've been able to do that. And even as a brand partner, that's Mm -hmm. another revenue stream. Mm -hmm. So we're all for Mm. hiring those experts early on. Can you tell us what mistakes you've seen business owners, female business owners in particular, making early on, anything you can advise us against? I think you've given us advice to hire early on, but are there anything, is there anything that we keep doing over and over that you're like, ladies, stop? Yeah. I mean, one, I would say, and I don't even know if this is just specifically toward women. I think it's general. Um, It's not getting the financials in order. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it sounds so basic. Make sure you have a business bank account. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Make sure you got uh, your 
business books, you know, clean and ready to go. So even if you're not making money in the first year, you have records of all your expenses so you can deduct them on your tax return. Um, so you can plan for the next plan year and say, oh, I shouldn't have spent this. Just, I should have spent mm-hmm. more here. And I think with women, it's not just women entrepreneurs, but, you know, I do hear often, oh, I'm not good at money. I'm not good at finance. I'm not. That's just not who strong. Well, hello, if you keep telling yourself that, you're never going to be good. And it's not, to me, it's not something um, that like, uh, yeah, maybe I have a more natural interest in it than other people. But it wasn't like I knew finance before mm-hmm. I started and studied it and learned it. You know, so it is a subject. It's just like anything. If you're wanting to learn a new subject, you just have to devote time and energy to learning it and becoming good at it. And when you say I'm not good at it or I don't like it, that's immediately putting a block like Sure. It's like a wall. Well, yeah, of course, you're never going to get good or you're never going to like it if you don't do anything different to make that happen for yourself. Feels like saying I'm not good at being healthy. Yeah, it's like, it what? It's like, the, no, the benefit of it yeah. is too great to not get good at it. Yeah. Um, and I also think, uh, you know, this podcast is called Liberty. Yes. Liberty Sessions. And I, I think one of the things I appreciate about what you're teaching us is that we can be liberated through that financial knowledge. We can be liberated to pursue what we want to pursue, to not mm. be afraid of um, what we may have in the bank or not have in the bank because there's a plan in place for yeah. that. And we can allow ourselves the freedom to not be mentally or emotionally tied up with money as you yeah. talked about. And so there's such a freedom in it. Yeah. There really is. I it's believe I see it. Yeah, I, I mean, and it. I feel it. And look, it, you know, I know I'm an expert, but I've, I constantly learn and go through my own money journey too. And it's, it never ends. And that's like also the beautiful part about it, <laughs> about finance life. It's just life and money is just one extension of it. Okay. So that's a great segue. Thanks. Mm-hmm. What are two things that we can do immediately? We mm-hmm. haven't taken money class, but we did listen to this podcast. Yes. Brittany gave us a few little nuggets. What are two more things that we can do as either an entrepreneur Mm-hmm. Or a wannabe preneur, you know, who is thinking about, I, th- I think this is something I want to do. I got to get my financial ducks in a row. Mm-hmm. Or even as just a woman who's yeah. out there who wants to uh, kind of reserve or, or start to build reserves. What are two things that we can do immediately mm-hmm. that will change our trajectory? I would say, again, two things. <laughs> Talk with a financial planner. And... Whether that's me or another certified financial planner, I do recommend a certified financial planner. Um, the CFP board website has a great search engine. So based on your, your location oh, or what you're looking for, you can find and, you know, talk to a few and see which one you resonate with. It's like dating or finding a doctor. You want to find somebody that ultimately you can keep for the long term. And so, trust. And I, trust. trust is so be have so the initial conversation. Don't be afraid of that. I think it's one of those things people are like, oh, yeah, I need to do. I need to do it. And, and they procrastinate it. And they're like, next year, next year. And it never gets done. Just do it. Do that. Find a planner. Schedule a call. Nothing to lose. Most of us have that initial call for free. So 30 minutes, one hour, whether it's over the phone or in person. The worst case scenario is you walk out and you're like, yeah, that's not the right person. But at least I learned about their model and I learned what's available. And then I would say the second thing to do is 
my little tip is start having weekly money dates. And what a money date is, I developed this when I started Financially Wise Women because I would give my clients their budget and tell them to update the budget every week and review it and see, okay, did you overspend? How do you need to adjust this week? And no one would do it. I'm like, oh God, I know, like I love budgets, but I know people don't like it. So how do I, how do, <laughs> how I, do I make this sexy? Yeah, how do I get it fun and sexy, right? Yeah. So I thought, oh, dates. Okay. Everybody likes to go on dates. Hopefully you get dressed up, whether it's with your best friend or your lover. Um, and you know, there's like an energy. If it's a good date, you get excited. So I thought, oh my God, if people could bring that same type of energy to their money, imagine the transformation instead of, I'm so stressed, I hate it, we're fighting, it's overwhelming, I'm broke. You know, this is the energy people bring and then they wonder why they're stuck right, financially. Right. Um, so he said, have a one hour date with your money. Pick a day, a time, Wednesdays at five, Fridays at 9 a.m., whatever works for you, it's put it so it's recurring like anything i think most of us are busy people sure i don't know about you but if it's in the calendar it it, it happens. happens yeah so put it in it's recurring it's like working out the first four weeks you might hate every moment of it but what regardless sit there and do something related to your money and financial life maybe you look at your budget maybe you read what a budget is maybe you <laughs> start to get a budget in place maybe you look up your insurance policies that you haven't checked out in a long time or maybe you look at your investment account or whatever look at your summer vacation and see how what's our budget for that you know whatever it is something related to money spend the time and and do it in that money date and what you'll find is that over time it becomes enjoyable. You have a different energy with your money and you free up all that subconscious thought around money during the days and the weeks when people who don't do this, we're thinking about money whether you yeah, know it or sure, not. It's the in the back of our minds. So when you actually devote a time and space to it, it's like that freedom and liberty that you're talking yeah. about, you know. So when you're out there making your purchases, you're like, great, I've already checked in. I know that you know I'm going to eat grocery shop this week and not eat out as much or the kids have all these activities coming up and we're going to be spending xyz so maybe i'll like not buy those pair of shoes right now you know it's just a conscious money spending that you'll do with having that awareness and clarity so money dates are amazing and i'm telling you if you start to do that alone it will tr change your life and if you have a partner like if you're married you can do it separately in the beginning but i highly recommend you find some time to do these together and that's where you can just sit down and talk about like goals or accounts sure. and get on the same page and really start to understand each other's strengths and weaknesses with money and come together as partners versus you've had a long day at work and then you like yell at your significant other because they're not following the budget or they're spending too much because that's when most of the fights and tension occur around Yeah, money. isn't that one that's of the, the biggest... That's the number one reason yeah. people get divorced. I love that. Yeah. I love that tip. I will incorporate yeah, that Yeah, money soon. dates are great. Yeah, hopefully my husband won't hear this before I incorporate yes. it because then he'll be like, wait, And you please, said... if you do, then send me like a photo. I love getting people's updates on money dates. Okay, so you can we follow will. me on social Let's, or like, okay. yeah, yeah. Is yeah. there a hashtag that you like us using oh, on we social? We could put... Um, money dates. Let's do money, money dates. dates. I yeah, love yeah. it. Okay. I'm going to do it. Um, so many people again, listening are looking at how do they begin or continue to work in their entrepreneurial journey and are always looking for resources, tips, kind of mm -hmm. the how to's yeah. around money. Can you make some suggestions as to third party 
resources or apps that we can look into that could help mm-hmm. us with accounting, invoicing, organization around yeah. money. Do you have any that you recommend that yeah. we check oh, into? Yeah, God, I have a ton. Um, you know what we'll do? Because yeah, you maybe have we should a put a link because yeah. there's so many depending on what category. Let's, we'll get those and put them in the show notes. Yeah, that'd but be great. If you could just for the sake of the podcast, yeah. mention a few, that'd mention be great. Mention a few. So yeah. for budgeting, there's tons of budgeting apps. I mean, I actually create my own custom budgets for the clients I work with. Um, I have a, my own tool I developed, but there's mint.com is a good one. Um, we use mint. Yeah. Ooh. Most banks have their own budgeting apps. I mean, if you're more savvy, you could use QuickBooks, especially if you have a business, that's just a more in-depth accounting software. Um, for invoicing, let's see, we use something called PaySimple. It's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. We send invoices, people pay directly online. Actually, one thing I've been telling a lot of clients, if they're smaller, like if they're just a sole proprietor and invoicing people to set up so their bank accepts um, clear exchange, it's where you can send direct deposits to another person and they accept it via email. So it eliminates all those third party fees like a PayPal account or whatever processing. Yeah. Um, so check if your bank accepts clear exchange. Clear exchange. Then, like, okay. for example, I pay most of my vendors directly through this. So they just accept the money via email. It's like a direct deposit, basically. That's awesome. mm-hmm. okay. It's bank to bank. Um, so that's a good one. And then you don't have to wait for the checks don't in have the mail wait, kind of thing. No it's checks, like, oh, no, it's no really fees. easy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. that's a good one. We use uh, Zoho, which is an easy one to use if you're just, you know, you've, I think uh, on the free level versus yeah. like the first m- monthly payment plan, you yeah. can actually get quite a bit um, in terms of how many clients you can invoice and its ability to sort of follow follow you through the month and what's what's outstanding what how do you automate reminders that sort of thing so that's a good one too yeah um any other ones you want to mention i'm thinking just in terms of money related um or organization we're organization my team yeah so we use asana um, yes we keep hearing about asana asana is great um you can assign tasks and i think the best part it's like a virtual to-do list where you you like click it when you're done <laughs> the satisfaction yes. of crossing off your to-do list yes. um we use infusionsoft asana google docs actually a lot of our things are on google docs sure um yeah but asana is a good one canva like if we're yeah, doing design stuff yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's a great one for people who are really just even if you're trying to just create social media yeah like memes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. that's a great one okay So you've walked us through your career. You've walked us through some really great tips. Thank you so much. Um, What is something that you wished that you would have known as an Mm. entrepreneur? Like one thing that you're like, if I knew this, I would have. And again, I think you brilliantly said they're not mistakes. They're lessons learned. So it's not to point a finger at those things, but just something you could advise our listener. Like if I knew this, I would have moved more quickly or I, you know, to where I am now, or I would have saved time or money or whatever. I think this is so cliche, but I, I'll say it. It's just to ask for help a lot in the beginning. And I think being an entrepreneur can be lonely at times Mm -hmm. and you often feel crazy, (laughs) especially if you don't have like a good support group of other entrepreneurs to remind you that what you're going through is completely normal in terms of starting a company and getting it off the ground and dealing with 
problems because whether you're just starting out or five years in or 20 years in, there's always something, there's always a challenge. So in the beginning, I was just a little bit more, how do I say this? Like, I guess hesitant to ask for a lot of help. And I asked for help, but I think I could have done better. Like, guys, I have no idea what I'm doing right now. Like, can you just explain this? And I didn't, like, I I had to put my ego aside to say, I don't know this. Um, And now I happily do that because I realize it's so much more fun for me with a team. And as much as I do know about business and finance, there's so much I don't know. And that's part of it. And that's what I enjoy about it. I like learning. I like constantly being challenged. And um, also what I've learned that is when I incorporate people in, it is like that village tribe Mm -hmm. component and it's Mm -hmm. it like people want to give like they like I like to give to people and people want to give to me so to accept that and maybe that was just my upbringing but I was always this person that like took care of every like I felt like I took care of everybody so to ask for help seemed like no I I'm the one who has to have it all together like you know and I I don't like nobody does no one has it all together yeah. And it, it is hard when you're starting out because you feel like there's more to prove. So yeah. it's hard to like do you that. Gotta, you got to have some sort of image and you got to prove yeah. yourself. But at the same time, like, yeah, ugh, I would have just probably saved a lot. Of I love that. <laughs> I love headache. that. So we need to start asking. Away. Yeah. So we have six more teeny tiny questions it. that we're going to ask. It. We okay. do this at the end of every podcast. It's called our quick six. Quick six. So I'm just going to ask you a quick question. Yeah. Just answer. It's a fun way for our okay. audience to get to know Brittany Ready. a little bit more. So nine to five schedule or flex? Flex. All right. We love that answer. Um, vacation in the mountains or the beach? Ooh. Beach. That's the only one that trips people up. Yeah, I, I kind of want to say yeah. both. Yeah. I think because I we live in California, we have both. We had one person answer the 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 mountains that are near the beach or something. I was like <laughs> Santa um, Barbara. I, yeah, where is that? Uh, okay, work from home or office? Actually, both. Yeah, yeah I like, like a combo. I have both set up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like both too. It's nice to nice to be able to go mm-hmm. back and forth, and it depends on the day. Mm-hmm. Um, working alone or with a team? Ah, team. Yeah. So much more fun. Do you need any alone time? Oh, I need alone time. Okay. Yeah, I'm actually good working alone. Um, and most of my team's virtual. So, I mean, I guess it is alone in that sense. <laughs> but I do see the thing is my job. I'm talking to people m- mainly yeah. all day and meeting with people. So the alone time is actually great for me, too. And I've to learned regenerate. to honor it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. I like that you're learning to honor it, too. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really important piece to really carve that out. Yeah. Uh, Thai or Mexican food? Mexican food. Oh, yeah, of course. Come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, obviously, the name of the company, as we talked about, is Liberty. Yeah. And it's because we are hoping women will be liberated through entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to you to be liberated? Uh, I just envision this woman who's free, free from concepts of what she should be or ought to be or has to be and instead chooses to live a life that is authentic and real to her and uh, brings her that happiness and peace that she's acting in alignment with like who she knows she is and what she's here to do in life. I love that. Thank mm-hmm. you, Brittany. Thank you so much. Thank for you for me. your it's part in liberating pleasure. us. <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you. And we will have the money class and some of the resources Brittany mentioned up on the site. So if you um, want to check that out, you can go to libertyforher.com and we'll have everything next to Brittany Castro's name. Thank you all for listening. Talk to you later. 
Liberty Sessions is broadcast on all platforms, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and leave a review in iTunes. You can also find us every day on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Liberty For Her. Liberty is spelled L-I-B-E-R-T-Y-F-O-R-H-E-R. And please leave a comment using the hashtag Liberty Sessions. We want to hear your thoughts, suggestions, and brilliant ideas. Liberty Sessions is produced by Netta Jones and Elizabeth Windham and music by Jordan Flower. And just remember, there is life after the top knot, as evidenced here. See you next week. Thank you.